The war of words between Alberta and Ottawa over energy has ratcheted up another notch. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has invoked her controversial Sovereignty Act over the federal government's proposed clean energy regulations, claiming meeting 2035 targets is just not possible. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Calgary Sun columnist Rick Bell joins me to discuss what Smith hopes the Sovereignty Act will accomplish in this case, how the federal government has responded, and what could happen next. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Rick, it was a big day in Alberta politics on Monday with Daniel Smith invoking the Alberta Sovereignty Within a United Canada Act. And before we get to the reasoning as to why and, and, the, and the ins and outs of this particular fight with Ottawa... Can you explain for listeners what exactly the Sovereignty Act is and why Alberta has one? Well, Alberta has one because the belief of uh, Premier Smith and her government is that there will be occasions when the federal government in Ottawa uh, intrudes upon Alberta's jurisdiction and how Alberta would like to run things in the province or would enact laws that are harmful to the province. And this is a chance, and the Sovereignty Act basically lays out a plan for, for how to deal with that situation when it happens. And in this case, they've decided to use it because of the anticipated upcoming clean electricity regulations from the federal government. By the way, I'll say right off the top, this is not the last time they're going to use it. It's going to be used again once and maybe twice in the next few months, in my opinion. I, that's going to be my guess. It's not going to be used a lot, but in the past, what happened was Ottawa would do something bad to Alberta, or at least perceived to be bad to Alberta, like Bill C-69, the often nicknamed uh, No New Pipelines Bill. And Alberta would have to send a strongly worded letter, which Ottawa would laugh at. And then they would have to go to court. This switches it around. So now with the Sovereignty Act, Alberta is coming out ahead of what they believe the clean electricity regulations will do. And now the ball is in the Trudeau government's court as to what they will do. Because now Danielle's already said, Danielle Smith has already said what she will do, which is this resolution that was presented to the legislature and uh, will be uh, now debated. So it's all about protecting, in the minds of the Smith government, protecting Alberta from the federal government doing things that they believe are unconstitutional and are harmful to Alberta. And so specifically relating to the, the, the clean energy regulations that the federal government wants to bring in, why does Daniel Smith feel that these are harmful to Alberta? And what exactly is her motion asking the legislature to do in relation to these regulations? Right now, unlike other provinces, including my home province of Manitoba, which has an abundance of hydro, uh, so the clean air electricity regulations are not a problem. The fact of the matter is 
a very solid majority of the power generated in Alberta is natural gas. So the clean electricity regulations say by 2035, they want net zero emission power grid. This is much more difficult to do with provinces that don't have a base of power that is already, quote unquote, clean electricity, such as Quebec, where they have hydro, such as Manitoba, where they have hydro, and I could list the other provinces as well. So the government of Alberta is basically saying it just can't be done. It could be done by 2050, but it can't be done by 2035, which is when the Trudeau government wants it done. It just They can't do the turnaround that quickly uh, without causing all sorts of problems, electricity bills going up, uh, shortage of power, outages of power, blackouts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they have declared through the Sovereignty Act they are not going to follow those regulations. When those final regulations come out, Alberta is just not going to follow them. They are going to follow their own plan, which is a plan to have the net zero emissions by 2050, not 2035. And and so they are defying Ottawa. Now, we could talk if you want about how they're defying Ottawa, but that's the first step is they've thrown down the gauntlet. They're defying Ottawa. There's, we're not following you. Sorry, but they've come <laughs> out ahead of the actual regulations being produced. And I mean, that does beg the question. So the, the regulations haven't been produced. We have this 2035 deadline from the federal government. The province says, uh-uh, we can't do it by 2035. 2050 is better for us. So how do they defy the federal government? What exactly does the, the provincial government, how are they going to instruct cabinet to deal with all this? Is it that they're they're not going to enforce it here? If power generation here isn't net zero, they're not going to go after the companies? Like, how does that all work? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly how it works, but one thing we know for sure and I'm laughing when I say it, not only are they saying the current situation is not uh, palatable for Alberta, they're actually planning on building more natural gas, more natural gas production, more natural gas capacity beyond what Alberta already has. So they are going in that direction, which is really, de- which is really defying Ottawa. And then this is where, you know, People are, you know, somewhat getting lost in the weeds talking about, you know, there could be a crown corporation, a government-owned corporation, which could uh, invest in new natural gas plants or buy natural gas plants or build natural gas plants. And that's true. That's another way of defying it, saying we're going to put our money in – they're actually putting their money into natural gas. Now, they also say there's money for renewables. There's – money down the line for nuclear, but they are per, they are committed. Smith's government is committed to producing more natural gas for the electricity grid. Now, the question isn't what Alberta will do. The question is, what will Ottawa do? And as of now, Ottawa has said, Smith is, uh, you know, has no legal grounds. Smith's arguments are not good. She she's not saying anything that's true. It's all now the pressure is on them to react. They're they're not acting. Ottawa is now having to react, and that's a very uh, very strange situation for them. Usually they're acting and we're reacting, 
so the tables the tables are now are now somewhat turned yeah like what like with the carbon tax the, the well, they're just feder- gonna do it well yeah. like what are they gonna do i don't know what the feds are gonna do we, <laughs> we just don't know yet it's too early but you know the the province of alberta is not abandoning natural gas it's increasing natural gas and in fact there is, uh, you know, uh, a, p- a plan to also in- invest heavily in carbon capture, which, of course, will be used in those circumstances. And also the premier will be looking for investment uh, when she's at the climate summit in Dubai, looking uh, to talk to investors in that part of the world about investing in Alberta, given this plan. So basically, Alberta has a plan. Ottawa has a plan now. These are dueling plans. So it's not just that Alberta is saying, well, we're just not going to do your plan. The Sovereignty Act outlined at least the skeleton version of the new plan, of the Alberta plan. Yeah. And I mean, when the when the province says that the federal plan doesn't work for Alberta, is it just a case of capacity? Is it a case of we don't have enough renewables? Is it a case of we don't have the technology to make our power grid net zero because we don't have enough carbon capture and storage yet like what what is the, the yes exactly all of the I, I think i mean i'm no expert on the energy file but i would think it's probably all of the above right i mean this is a province that relies very heavily on natural gas for its electricity it's very hard to the contention of the government is it is very hard in fact they would say impossible to turn it around in that short a time frame which is you know starting next year that'll be 11 years uh, to the, to that time frame, that that that's just too short a time to do that. It can be done in a in a you know longer time frame. Uh, Smith suggests twenty fifty, but twenty thirty five. They her government just believes that is not is not possible, so they have to go another route, and they still have to rely a lot on natural. I mean, this is an interesting point. She is. She is still saying they have to rely a lot on natural gas. Renewables are not replacing natural gas anytime soon. And she actually said in her press conference yesterday, natural gas is going to be around for a very long time. Well, that signals to you the different view between the Alberta plan and the Ottawa plan. Yeah. But I find the intriguing question is, what does Ottawa do beyond saying, uh, Smith is, uh, you know, not doing the right thing. Smith is, uh, you know, talking out her hat. But what are they going to actually do? We'll be right back. Is this the kind of thing that we're going to see a, a court challenge from the federal government against Alberta's legislation? Kind of a flip to what we've seen with the province taking the federal government to court or asking for references to the Supreme Court on things like the carbon tax and Bill C-69, with you, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you would think so, because uh, if you have the uh, environment minister, the climate change minister for the federal government yesterday coming out quite quickly after the Sovereignty Act hit the streets and uh, saying that uh, Alberta were, you know, didn't have any legal basis for what they did and the federal government is on very solid ground. So I would expect at some point they would want to prove that. And that's that's why I believe that this is a really high-stakes political poker game. But I think some people in Alberta, I'm not saying everybody, but some people in Alberta 
are supporting this because in the past, yes, there's been court challenges from Alberta, and you know how some of them have gone. Some have gone well, others, you know, and some took a while to to do well. But, you know, the fact that Alberta has thrown the first punch this time, to some people in Alberta, they are supportive of that. And whereas something like, if I thought today there would be a referendum on the Alberta pension plan, another topic, it would probably be no. I think if there was a quickie vote today on whether using the Sovereignty Act, at least at this very early, early stage, was a good thing, I think the reaction of more than 50% of Albertans would probably be at the moment, yes. If only because they're tired of all the, uh, you know, I, I, I said in, in my column today that they're the old line, speak softly and carry a big stick. Well, for a lot of Alberta politicians in the past, it was speak loudly and carry a popsicle stick. There was a lot of talk, but not a lot of walk. And as you know, we've got on the national headlines. People are actually asking questions about Alberta. What is Alberta going to do? What does Alberta think? That's usually not the case. We're usually sort of the irritable and irritating backwater for certain people in other parts of the country. Yeah. But now, you know, they're paying attention. It's very true that a lot of people are paying attention to Alberta and some are shaking their heads and wondering what is Daniel Smith thinking? And I think one of the things that people maybe got hung up on, and I know it's kind of theoretical at this point and it may happen and it may not happen, but this notion of creating a crown corporation. And here you have a premier who, as many people will know, has kind of been a small government politician through most of her political career. Libertarian. <laughs> exactly. And and so to, for her to turn around and say, well, you know, this we're going to explore the possibility of creating a crown corporation around electrical generation and as a way of trying to circumvent the federal clean energy regulations. What did Smith have to say about that fact? And is this something that is actually going to come to pass, do you think? Well, she obviously wants to have this as a last resort. She said that. She said it was obviously contrary to the direction in Alberta in the past. So she's very, you know, conscious of the fact that uh, for a person who is, as I say, a absolutely never hesitated in calling herself a libertarian um, and who admires a lot of politicians who are also libertarians. Um, this was, you know, for a lot of people was like, what, what's happening now? Now, will it happen? Well, according to what was said yesterday, this would only happen if the federal government's rules scared away investors from investing in such things as natural gas. And then the government of Alberta through the Crown Corporation would have to step in and either work with the businesses that are willing to invest or even, you know, investing in either an existing plant that somebody wants to close because of the federal government rules or building a plant that nobody else wants to build because of the federal rules. So then we have to look and say, this is a, a little ways down the line. Are the federal rules, you know, first, what is going to be the reaction of this government to the Sovereignty Act? 
And the second question, of course, because we're looking into the medium term, is whether this government will be the government in two years. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't, a lot of this stuff may not happen. The Alberta plan may be acceptable in a conservative government in Ottawa. Who knows? But it's not going to it's not going to happen right now. Uh, but it is there. It is there on the table to happen. As I say, if she wants the, the premier wants uh, more investment in natural gas. And if that means a crown corporate corporation will participate in that investment, I think she's willing to go there. And as for the idea of how could a libertarian possibly do this? Well, it's called politics. <laughs> well, this, I, would be, this would not be the first time. Well, because quite frankly, uh, you know, we have a we have we have a, a government led by a premier who philosophically is a libertarian, but of course is pumping money into a public single payer healthcare system that also isn't libertarian. Uh, I don't think there was ever the idea that we would actually have a you know government akin to South Dakota if the UCP were elected. It's just it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, I think you know politi- politics happens, and it would not be the first time. It would not be the hundredth time. It would not be the thousandth time that politicians have not adhered to an ideologically pure platform and policy making. I mean, I. Because I think when they were, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I think when they were structuring this, they had to find a way of, well, what happens if the federal government uh, uh, rules, even though Alberta is not following them, uh, just discourage investment? They had to address the question of what happens even if Alberta says, no, we're not doing this. We don't think it could be done. We don't think it's constitutional. We don't think it's realistic. What happens if investors, private investors, deep pockets say, that may be true, Premier Smith, but we're just not going to bet on it. It's just too uncertain. Things are just too much in flux. We're not going to invest in, in a plant. And if we get close to 2035, some people will say, I'm just shutting it down at this point. And therefore, the government at that point would have to would have to intervene. I mean in a pure market situation, maybe the great libertarianism would work, <laughs> but this isn't because there are political moves being done not only by all the Alberta government, but obviously the federal government is intervening in the market as well heavily with their with their plans. So you're you we're living in a land of big government and in an era of big government so it's not a surprise to me that one of the solutions or backstops or last resort measures might include government. Yeah, and that's that's very true. I, but looking at the politics of this, we have a federal government who right now is reviled across the country. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, I use that word lightly, but the latest public opinion poll showed them polling in third place behind the conservatives and the NDP. So they're not doing well. There's a question of whether or not the minority government and this, the supplying confidence agreement that the liberals have with the NDP will last until 2025. We could go, we could see an election before then. We have an unpopular government. We have, we have a conservative party that could win the next election. 
why why do you suppose Smith had to make a big deal of it now instead of waiting out the Trudeau liberals who may not win the next election or or letting the liberal policy kind of fall flat on delivery? Good question. Uh, I think she said in the press conference yesterday she didn't want to wait for three or four years. She wanted to get a plan up and running because the you know these energy plans do take time. I, I just think she wanted to get up and running now and not and not bet on. You know, you can never bet against uh, the prime minister. Uh, you just there's a lot of people around who say, and I probably am one of them. That until I actually see a defeat of the Trudeau government, I won't believe in a defeat of the Trudeau government. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, you know, and, and, and largely because he survived in a very controversial election last time, as you know. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I think they operate with the situation as it is now, and they plan for the situation as it is now. And in politics, a lot can change. Maybe maybe a lot will not change. But I don't think you bet on that. I think the premier probably, I can't speak for her, but the premier probably doesn't want to bet on anything except let's do what's in front of us in in, in our face now and not worry about will Jagmeet Singh support uh, the liberal government or will Pierre Polyev win Hey, there's articles out this week saying, well, you know, Bully uh, is in the lead, but, you know, he had a shaky week and, you know, uh, you know, uh, his polling numbers are big, but they're not solid. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen over the next six hours, let alone <laughs> the next six months or two years. Yeah. But I think they have to uh, they have to deal with the government that they have now and the government they have now. And this measure is definitely supported by the NDP is they have this clean electricity regulations. And get the Sovereignty Act out now because there's other things coming down or other things that have happened that they could use the Sovereignty Act on as well, including the emissions cap in oil and gas, Mm -hmm. which is also coming down. So it was going to happen one way or the other at some point. So I think, and I think more strategically... The timing is very interesting because the premier is going to get on a plane very soon now and head to uh, the climate summit in Dubai and then, you know, talk to investors and everything else. So I just think the government probably wanted to get this plan up and running now. Mm-hmm. Why wait? Why wait? Wait for what? Wait for, yeah, why, why wait? Just do it. See what happens. And I think I think I can reveal this on the podcast. I would think they're you would you wouldn't lose a lot of money by saying they're poll they wouldn't have done this without some polling, yeah, showing that the majority of Albertans at least support the idea of it of of taking the stronger stance toward Ottawa. Well, it is something we love to do out here. <laughs> It's <laughs> well, thumb you know, our noses at the feds. Yeah, you probably, you, you of course said uh, we all know the story about the rage index that came out. Now Alberta's at the top of the rage index in Canada. Uh, we're the angriest people in Canada, supposedly. So, uh, yeah, that probably plays to Smith's advantage right now. Is the uh, uh, that they're ang- and there's you know uh, there's been anger forever in Alberta, but 
uh, yeah, I, 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 I think they, they probably also know that for the majority, at least the idea of the Sovereignty Act, which is funny, because go back not so long ago, and the Sovereignty Act was considered, you know, pretty crazy. Yes. Now, it was amended to make sure that it was not a separatist document and it wouldn't be unconstitutional. But, you know, it, 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 there was a lot of pushback against the Sovereignty Act in the UCP leadership race, for instance, that Smith ran it. Mm-hmm. A lot of pushback, even within the UCP world, let alone among the general public. But I'll be interested to see what the feds do, not what they say, what they what they do. So far, the environment minister in Ottawa has said, the, the so-called green Jesus of Montreal, has said that they are on firm ground and that they are proceeding. But unfortunately, a reporter in Ottawa yesterday did not ask the minister what he meant by they are proceeding when it comes to Alberta. Well, I guess we'll have to see how they they play that uh, card going forward. Rick, as always, happy to talk politics with you. Okay, take care. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Rick Bell. More from him at calgarysun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.